0: Welcome to the Faith of Our Farmers podcast, the podcast devoted to the faith side of agriculture. Each week, myself, Frank Hartley, along with my co-host, Chris Elliott, dive into how our faith plays out for those of us each day that are involved in agriculture. Some weeks we have guests that will share their testimonies. Other weeks, we introduce you to ministries that use agriculture to share God's love. And sometimes we'll talk about biblical subjects that tie into our daily work in agriculture. Let's see where God's gonna take us to this week. Hold on, let's go.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Chris Elliott, half of the Faith of Our Farmers podcast team, along with my brother-in-law, Frank Hartley. And I'd like to talk today about Faith of Our Farmers and how he came up with the name, but also another aspect of this that I want to call Farming God's Way, which isn't a name that I embedded myself, but, well, I'll explain that as I get to it. First, uh, I want to say in regards to faith of our farmers, maybe a little bit like the old hymn, Faith of Our Fathers, there is a heritage that many of us in farming have. And even the, those of us who have not come from a farming background, we still have been influenced by others who have come before us. And they have had a very significant and positive impact on our lives. So so thinking today about farming and faith of our farmers and farming God's way, I'm thinking a little bit about my own background. And I grew up on a small dairy farm in southeastern Pennsylvania. I was born in 1956. So it was during that era when farms were, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 cows as you came into the 60s and the 70s. And farms were growing little by little. And it was just a really interesting and at least in my opinion, a, a beautiful era of American agricultural history. And it is really a, a, a neat heritage that I have come out of. And I owe a lot to my father and all that I learned from him about farming and about dairy industry in particular. And the farm on which I grew up is about 35 miles west of Philadelphia. And it came into the family in 1769 when one of my forebears, I I won't count how many greats it was, who had bought the farm. And then it was passed down through several generations and a couple of different name changes as there were some marriages along the way. But out of that heritage, out of that background, I grew up thinking that pretty much everybody was a farmer. I just couldn't imagine that there were other people in the world that lived And didn't have a farm. It just didn't quite make sense to me. And I I don't remember saying this, but according to my mother, when we were visiting with one of her sisters, my Aunt Betty, they lived in King of Prussia, which if you know anything about the Philadelphia suburbs, you know the King of Prussia was back in the 50s and the 60s very much of a bedroom community of the city of Philadelphia But we went to their place here in the midst of suburbia, and I, was just a little toddler, began asking, where is the barn? It was just something I couldn't quite comprehend, that they didn't have a barn, that they didn't have cows, that that it wasn't a farm. So farming is very much a part of my life and, and my heritage. And when I think about this term, farming God's way, it, on the one hand, sounds almost presumptuous to say that if you're farming God's way, that anybody who's farming in another way would be farming in the wrong way. And and I hope that people don't hear the term and view it in that way. That's certainly not the intent of it. But farming God's way grew out of some farmers in Africa who realized that The soil was being depleted, that it was being eroded, that the moisture was not staying there, and the reality that there needed to be ground cover and there needed to be less tillage because God doesn't till the ground. God has beautiful trees, beautiful forests, beautiful lands that have been very productive for centuries, millennia. And so when we start plowing it, when we start depleting it, we're just taking things away from it that that God had never intended that we were to do without putting back. And so that was really the kind of the impetus for Farming God's Way. And what I really like about Farming God's Way, which in a nutshell is no-till agriculture for the farmer that doesn't have any technological equipment, and it's used a lot in Africa and Asia, South America. But even here in the U.S., there are a lot of farmers and gardeners, you know, homesteader types that are adopting some of the Farming God's Way principles. But to me, the real beauty of Farming God's Way is that it's not just about how you farm, but also about how you live. There's a very strong theological component to it. And that's what I'd like to talk about here today and over the next couple of opportunities that I have to share some of these messages with you. And today I'd like to talk about the number one key principle of farming God's way, and it's referred to as the biblical key number one, and it is a simple fact that we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding that the, the very first biblical key must be based on the fact that God is God alone, and that we must not be worshiping or following anyone else, simply going back to number one of the Ten Commandments, where it says that thou shalt have no other gods before me. So my own interest in farming God's way began here over the past five years as I've been doing some work in some churches in Africa, the denomination that I'm a part of, the Church of the Brethren, has some partner denominations, sister denominations, maybe we would call them, in Central Africa, in the countries of Burundi, Democratic Republic of Congo, Rwanda, and Uganda. And there's about 20 churches among these areas, and most of the people and most of the pastors, in particular, are farmers. So to me, to work with these people, to work with the pastors, to be of some benefit to them, my own background as a farmer, and also as having been a pastor in the Church of the Brethren for 35 years, has all played together in a very beautiful way. So as we understand here this number one key to acknowledge God and God alone, you know, in Africa, there are witch doctors and wizards. They are consulted on at birth, in sickness, adolescence, at weddings, funerals. And so then the people would sacrifice chickens, sprinkle animal blood, put animal skulls on corner posts. They worship ancestors with sacrifices and ceremonies. And this is not out of love, but rather out of fear and terror. Sure, God is worshipped too, and it ends up being kind of a mixture. That's Africa. Now, here in America, we don't have witch doctors, we don't have wizards, (laughs) we worship money, power, and sex. We know that technology is the key to a better life. Just follow the science. And if the power goes out, though, we're afraid we're going to die. And if the cell phone grid goes down, well, then we know we're going to die. And if the healthcare system goes out, well, again, we're going to die. I don't need to add any more examples because I think you know what I'm talking about. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. There is only one true God and we only come to him through his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for us so that we can have the free gift of eternal life. We are no longer of this world's system and traditions. Worshiping and honoring God is not just a Sunday morning thing. We must worship God and God alone in all areas of our lives. We have an expression in America that we use sometimes about someone who acts like an angel on Sunday morning and is a devil the rest of the week. And I presented this once to the churches in Africa, when I was preaching. And I said how we have this expression that we use in America, and once it gets translated into their language and they hear that, they kind of chuckle as they think about the Americans, and I was kind of making fun of them a little bit. But then I turned it around, and I said, you know, maybe here in Africa it's more like you go to hear the preacher on Sunday morning, and then you go talk to the witch doctor the rest of the week. Well, then they get really quiet, and they say, Hmm. But it's just certainly something to think about for all of us. Do we worship God and God alone? Okay, let's look at that passage of Scripture from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In this country, we say, in God we trust. But I think we have more faith in the dollars that that expression is on than we actually have in God. You know, we must be fully persuaded that God is for us and not against us. We must trust in him as a loving and faithful father whose word never fails. When we trust in him with all our hearts, we will naturally walk in his ways, following his laws and commandments. Secondly, Solomon said in Proverbs, lean not on your own understanding. Sometimes I do things a certain way because that's the way my father taught me. He learned it from his father or grandfather. Sometimes I do things a certain way because, well, that's the way I want to do it. Sort of like the right way, the wrong way, and my way. But we all would have to admit that tradition and culture have led into our own understanding. It requires a deep level of humility in order to break tradition and to change our ways. But when we humble ourselves and acknowledge that our ways have failed, then God can lift us up. Even as fathers, or excuse me, even as farmers, we need to acknowledge God's understanding and wisdom as higher than ours and our fathers. Pride says, my father and my grandfather farm this way, and I will not change. But if you are a believer, then who really is your father? And for a little insight into humility and unselfishness, just look at Jesus, his dedication to do only what his father said for him to do, to only speak what his father wanted him to speak. That was what Jesus did. And Jesus fulfilled all that he could, not through independence, but through dependence on his father. His father showed him what to do. He did it, and he succeeded. Our pride and our selfishness wants to prove we can do it better. And so we end up striving against the laws of God, and then we wonder why we fail spiritually and physically. What a glorious life we would live if we fulfilled his every desire for us. Now, I want to say something, and it's not really revolutionary, but you might not have considered this before, that God is the oldest farmer. He is the creator of course, so he knows the crops. He knows the soils, the seasons, all these things intimately simply because he designed them. He is the master farmer. We must follow his understanding diligently. Well, thirdly, the scripture says that in all thy ways we're to acknowledge him. We are either for God or against God. It's as easy as that. We're either a part of his family or we're not. We must acknowledge him in every aspect of our lives. Our words, our actions, our thoughts, our work, our play, all our ways. In all your ways acknowledge him. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like leaven in the dough, going into all parts of it. And that has to include our farming. I will talk more in the weeks to come about some of those specific farming practices. The main features of Farming God's Way is to not plow. Does God plow? Well, we know that he doesn't. But we also know that he has that mulch layer in the woods, in the forest, God's blanket. And that holds the moisture there. It keeps the soil soft. It keeps it fertile. It's just a beautiful aspect of what God does in his farming. Well, finally, we want to talk about the fourth point here, and that is that he will direct your paths. We desperately need the Lord to straighten out our crooked and hopeless past that's been taking us nowhere for too long. God's straightening, God's leading will lead us into the fullness of his promised abundant life. In Christ alone do we find life, life more abundantly, Abundant living and abundant farming. Well, I want to thank you for listening today. I want to thank you for your support here of the Farming Faith of Our Fathers podcast, and just grateful to all of those of you who are listening. And may God bless you and be a provision in your lives each day. Thank you. And bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Faith of Our Farmers podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Faith of Our Farmers. You can find links to this week's podcast on our Facebook page under the podcast section. If you'd like to get a hold of us, there's two ways you can do that. You can get a hold of us first through our Facebook page. Uh, Send us a message that way. There's also an email button on our Facebook page you can email us at faithofourfarmers at gmail.com. If you know someone in ag that has a great testimony to share, or if you know of a ministry that combines ministry work along with agriculture work that you'd like us to feature, or if you just have a good topic you'd like us to talk about, please get a hold of us either through Messenger or through our email address. And lastly, and most important, if you're searching out there today and wondering about a, a faith walk with Jesus, may we suggest you go to this website, needhim.org. That's N E D H I M dot On that website, you can find a lot of good information about how to start a walk with Jesus. Or if you are currently walking in the faith and have some struggles and questions, this website is a great place, great resource to go to. Again, that's N-E-D-H-I-M dot O-R-G. Thanks a lot and God bless till we talk next time. See you later.